This is the Dave Steeren Show on FM News 1037 KFQD. 39 minutes past the hour. Welcome to the Dave Steeren Show here on FM News 1037 KFQD. Um, uh, very excited while I shouted at Bernie Sanders at a hotel in Las Vegas asking him if he was going to come to Alaska. Oh, I'd love to come to Alaska. I haven't had anybody from uh, uh, the, the Bernie bros here in studio. But joining me is Dan Ayerson. Arizon, yes. Arizon, who is who is a member of the Yang Gang, Andrew Yang's uh, campaign team, and and I guess you're the guy in Alaska for Mr. Yang. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I am actually independent, so I'm not officially with the team. I gotta I gotta say that first of all, but I am part of the Yang Gang and the volunteer. Uh, volunteer network of the Yang team. I, I think that's that's an even better way to run it. So, of course, the question that many people have, aside from some amusing tweets, and I follow uh, uh, Andrew on on Twitter, who the hell is this guy, and he, what makes his campaign worthy of you burning your productive time of the day to work for him in a volunteer basis and come on this show? So. I've been telling people since I found him in March that he's going to come out of nowhere and crush everyone is how I felt about it. But, yes, I mean, once you start watching his presentation, start watching videos of him, you get sucked in. And really the reason he is just on fire is because really feels like he has solutions that will heal America mm-hmm. that nobody else is even thinking about or presenting. And some of them are so, like, obvious like have Amazon pay taxes that it's like a no-brainer like why didn't somebody think of that type of stuff you know to your point according to a Fox poll he's at three percent other polls have him at four percent there's a poll in Colorado that has him at four percent and people saying four percent three percent well I mean what does that compare to Biden keep in mind that that Donald Trump in 2015 at about this time was somewhere between one or two percent. So Yang is out polling, I guess, proportionally uh, Donald Trump to the tune of 200 percent in regards to this time in history back in, in 2015. Well, he's out polling sitting Senate senators and governors and, you know, all the other guys who were trying to run their campaigns are coming to an end where he's just gaining momentum. So that's what we're we're counting on for sure. What is it about him? From, from policy standpoints, um, that that Alaskans should give him a first glance, maybe a second or third glance, that they probably, because of budget and infrastructure, he isn't able to convey by the usual methods of paid media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, first of all, he understands business. So I don't think a lot of these politicians really understand business. And it's not, he comes from a place that's not just about business, but he knows how to run a nonprofit because he was in the nonprofit world Mm -hmm. for a long time. But the nonprofit world that worked with other businesses to grow entrepreneurship throughout the country. So he said many times you can't run government like a business. You have to run government more like a nonprofit where you create a vision and you get people excited about where you're going. So that's one of the things just about him. The second thing is the main platform that he's running on. You'll hear any of his speeches, and that's the Freedom Dividend, Universal Basic Income. I thought it was an idea that's way out there in the future, maybe someday, but he really brings it down to the nuts and bolts that it can happen now. And it's a move that we do need to make for our economy to be well and to move into the future. 
Uh, how does how does that work? One of the uh, one of the arguments, and, and I don't know about basic income, but one of the arguments that we can overlay with that idea over the permanent fund dividend. I don't know if you've been sleeping through God, months, if not years, of how important the dividend is to Alaskans. And ICER has done a study. I mean, you could say the state of Alaska has the perfect petri dish to test that basic income. And and what they found is job growth, um, purchasing power, um, expansion of business are are a microsecond in the business calendar year. Christmas, far more impactful, and there is not any uh, artificial injection of capital in the marketplace. Christmas is, you know, you're hiring temporary employees for 60, 90, 120 days, uh, giving someone a basic income. If you were to look at the state of Alaska and $2,000 dividend and break that out over two months or three months, depending on what the numbers that Yang would propose is, it doesn't create a lot of jobs. It may make people go to a restaurant they may not normally go to or may help them make a car payment. But but in regards to long-term economic stability, it, the dividends effect is negligible. How is Yang's plan different? Well, I believe because the resources are monthly it, it would make a big impact because you're right i've talked to one of the reasons i came to alaska was to talk to people about your permanent fund compared to what yang wants to do and a lot of people did say and when you interview other parts of the country a lot of people say what you know one thousand dollars a year that's nothing you know you know buy some christmas presents right but um and also, when you interview people and you say, what if you got $1,000 a month? A lot of people will say, well, I spend more than that on groceries, so it's not going to be a big deal. But if it's consistent, you can plan ahead for it. And you can build, I believe you can start at a point to build businesses and build the economy and things like that. Some European countries have had a, a basic income or, or or something similar, and they have moved away from it. They, they found it to be economically unsustainable. They've also found that it didn't uh, uh, generate the sort of income stability that they had projected it to be. Uh, what, what is different between Mr. Yang's plan and systems? Is everybody, everybody wants to give money to somebody, cites a European model. Well, sure, you're citing the European model from the late 50s to the early 70s, maybe as late as 82 or 83. And those countries have, by and large, moved away from universal income. Both quasi-socialist and communist, they found that it's better to have people work for their money. They can earn more, and it's less of a strain on the, on budgets. What what makes the Yang plan different from that, and how do you pay for that? So I don't believe those studies were over the same kind of long-term period that Yang is planning. Um, but let's get into how he's going to pay for it because I think that probably is the difference because there's a couple of things. So first of all, we know the social security system, it incentivizes people not to go over a certain amount of money yes. because, you know, you fall out. So just giving the people the money, they don't have to worry about that. Many people are going to be like, that's a better program. I don't want to have to worry about it. And there's less beyond bureaucracy about it mm -hmm. and so those are all benefits um also um growing the economy 
you know, it it is pro work because most people aren't going to live off a thousand dollars a month. So they're going to want to go to work and use that money as a base to get better employment. But you have more agency of what you want to do now because you have that buffer. So if you want to start your own business, you're going to have know that you, at least you're not going to be sleeping on the streets. You have something to work with. Um, where you know right now many people are afraid to start a small business because it you know for various reasons, but they don't have the base to to rely on. Um, so he wants to do the value added tax. So. All, all the other countries, European countries... Yeah, tax, uh, sales have, tax, basically, federal sales tax. Yeah, it works a little bit different, but it's transactional tax. So corporations can't get out of it anymore because anytime there's a transaction, they, they have to buy a little piece of it. But now that uh, they're saying that our data is more has more value than oil now, you know, and companies are making, you know, Amazon, Google, all of these companies are making tons of money off our data already. Um, it's more valuable than oil. We can use that VAT tax because we get a little piece of it now. The people can use that VAT tax to bring down the, the cost as well, but also just growing the economy is going to pay for it. And What do you, uh, let's step away here for sure. just a second because I'm curious, when you say grow the economy, what barriers does Mr. Yang see to economic growth? Some Democrats are saying, you know, generating of fossil fuels, mining, uh, domestic resource development is not a track that they support. And yet when you talk about we need a green economy, we need a green energy grid. And I ask them, well, how do you get there without mining? People are perfectly willing to mine in sub-Saharan Africa in third world conditions and completely uh, throw away any sort of social responsibility. How does Andrew Yang plan on growing the economy, and what does the economy look like under him? As uh, we continue our conversation here on the Dave Steering Show. Ted, 800-384-7878. That's 800-384-7878. The Dave Steering Show continues now. Well, welcome back to the Dave Steeran Show. 52 minutes uh, past the hour. Uh, Dan uh, Ayerzon is here in studio with us, uh, volunteer, part of the Andrew uh, Yang uh, uh, campaign uh, team. And, and uh, Dan, you talked about uh, growing the economy uh, uh, under President Yang, as an example. Yes, what, Yang Gang. What does that What does that economy look like? We've had well, Joe Biden came out of the gate said, "I'm, I'm going to shut down fossil fuels in the first year I'm president." Tell me how you do that. He has no idea. He doesn't even know today's no. Tuesday. I mean, he really doesn't know today's Tuesday. What is, since Yang's experience as running a nonprofit, is actually sure. working with the corporate sector. I would imagine that includes yes. petrochemical, technology, fossil fuels, transportation, all of the big bad industries that people malign. There isn't a single nonprofit in this city that frankly isn't pro-resource development because they're the benefactors, they're supporters, they're the drivers of entrepreneurship. What does the Yang economy look like? So first of all, what I like about Yang is he's pro-business. And he says that it's not business's fault or Amazon's fault that they pay zero on taxes. I mean, the, the accountants come in and say, hey, 
congratulations, Jeff Bezos. We got you zero in taxes again. And Jeff Bezos says, good job, guys. That's their business, not to pay taxes. Right. So it's our fault for allowing it to happen. Mm -hmm. So we have to incentivize the things that we want the most of. So the first thing that he's going to do is he's going to change our, the way we measure success. So right now, GDP is going to bring us off a cliff if we just keep following that. And so we need to, as well as GDP, we need to make sure that life expectancy is going up, which is going down right now. Mm-hmm. That child um, education is, is increasing. There's other metrics to make sure that we're a healthy economy. So he's going to first go down to weights and measures and make sure that we have the American scorecard so we're measuring the right things. So that's that's a baseline for what we need to do. Second, he's not he's not looking to get rid of industries. Phasing out fossil fuels, sure, there is a part of that because he does want to do carbon taxes and things like that, but it's really incentivizing, you know, a better environment, better water, things like that. So we do have to do some carbon tax and incentives that way. So that's what I, I believe a Yang economy is going to look like, measuring the right things and incentivizing the right things. How does he reconcile, and I've had this conversation with, with everybody, oh, okay, uh, there are no more oil companies, there are energy companies. Energy companies are in the business of developing energy. We have seen the government subsidize, for example, ethanol for 35 years. You take away government checks, ethanol is a freaking disaster. I would argue it's already a disaster, but the government subsidizes the hell out of it. Right. Uh, part of the criticism of the Green New Deal, it was outlandishly impossible to do, and then presidential candidates embraced it. And and the question to everyone who wants to smart this, a green that, or whatever, how do you get the copper, the molybdenum, the bauxite, the, the graphite to do this? The, the same groups that are anti-fossil fuels, I'm saying that Yang is, but the same individuals that are anti-fossil fuels have no tangible understanding of the mining industry. So if you want more wind turbines, you're going to need hundreds of millions of tons of minerals that this nation does not currently mine. In many respects, we're getting our minerals from countries that don't have an EPA. I had Andy Wheeler here on the show yesterday. He has this sort of idea that we have to have systems and policies in place that are evergreen. That's not going to happen. Yang's going to have a new EPA director. How do you reconcile the moving away from fossil fuels with many Democrats' opposition to domestic mining in this country? Well, we need to... Don't you wish Yang was here to answer that one? Well, well, I'm trying to represent the Yang gang. Yeah. So we need to double down on nuclear energy is, is a main thing of that so nuclear energy is the way of the future specifically thorium nuclear energy is a greener nuclear energy than we've dealt with before um not anybody nobody's talking about thorium um it's kind of a a a secret but uh, andrew yang has talked about uh doubling down or or investing in thorium which is a great nuclear um direction and so with that we need to we only contribute 15% of global warming. Um, and so we do need to develop energy for third world countries that are more, um, that they like better or are cleaner, that are cheaper, so that because they're going to be the main 
issue of the problem. How do you reconcile though that? Because I'm not. I'm I'm a fan of nuclear energy. I agree with you. It's 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 cheap. It's reliable. It's inherently safe. But many of of Yang's fellow party members, the the base that would that he would need to convince to vote for him, are view nuclear energy as completely off the table. It's inherently dangerous. It's it's dirty. It's messy. They they have this weird sort of view of nuclear energy that isn't founded in reality. Does he have the resources, not not to convince the American people, but to even get out of the, the middle-tier primary with a base that doesn't support that energy path? Well, they're wrong, so I think... Oh, well, I agree with you, they're wrong! <laughs> I think, it takes a lot of money to tell them why they're wrong, I though. think we can convince the American people they're wrong, and we. the thing is, his base is growing and growing because they realize he's not just talking the, the party line. He's something different and he's ready to show america you know that. what i like about him he's not mean <laughs> he he's 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 always got a smile on his face he's a decent chap and and you are too daniel and coming in here today to chat with us about this if folks want to get on board with the yang gang and learn more how can they do that go to yang 2020 sign up as a volunteer get connected so we can have him in alaska and follow and here in studio sure there you go studio then we'd love to have him and follow me at on YouTube, American Jobs Factory, creating jobs for the future that don't destroy us. Thanks for swinging by, folks. It's 4 o'clock. Governor Mike Dunleavy next hour. You're listening to The Dave Steering Show.